You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Yes, sir. Morning. Hello. Bueno. 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 Hello. Hello. I probably won't go exactly off of them, but hello, hello, hello. Talk All right, set the timer. Luke 10. Setting up. World War One. W1. A to Z. What's W1? Week one. Week one. Because I've been doing it again. Nice. Authority. World War One. <laughs> World One. There's no other W in there. <clears throat> War One. Um. You can introduce it, though. The first war was called the Great War. And then the second one came out, and they're like, that's even, like, worse. Like, let's just let's just go World War One, World War Two. The second one changed history. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Okay, everybody. <clears throat> everybody as in you, in your car, or in your private study. Or, or in the gym. Or wearing AirPods in the bathroom of an airport. Maybe. You're listening to us there. That's pretty awesome. Thank you for whoever you are and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to the Song and Growing podcast. We are still rocking about 80 no. to 90 faithful listeners. Oh, really? Is that where we're at? I was going to say 80 to 90 episodes, but we're at like oh, yeah, we're 90th at 80. episode. I think. We got an episode per listener. There's one specifically for you. You have to find out which one that is. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Maybe put it on repeat. It might change your life. It might not. I'm not sure. I'm I'm really thankful. We've had about two or three new reviews and some five star ratings. It's been really nice. So thank you for doing that. Cool. I actually look and read them. So uh, I get a little like too in my head about some of that stuff. It's like you manage it too much, and then it can consume you. Maybe it's not consuming. I do you. not feel like it's consuming me. I just feel yeah. like I'm showing a value, and I'm looking to people that I encourage. Hey, please leave a review. I go and read it. I kind of want to read one of them now. Um. Yeah, that would be great. I'm not gonna. Check it out. I might. I'm doing it. I'm looking. Okay, he's gonna look it up. While he's reading the reviews, <laughs> I'm going to start with what I want to talk about today, which is authority. Oh, uh, sorry. He threw that phone down on the table no, it's not with some of authority. A bad review. These are these are great. They're encouraging. Thank you. Yeah, they're really right, impactful. So thank you so much. And if you haven't done one, and if you're wondering if they're gonna be read. At least one of us will for surely read it, and the other one will tag along a little bit later and get it read. We do appreciate them, especially the five-star ones, which is what they all have been to this point. So thank you so That's much. awesome. It's a good type of five-star. Yes. Growing up, five-star was a slap on the back. Ooh, I got some of those. Those hurt so bad. Well, that is neither here nor there. Right. So we're not talking about slapping each other with authority. We're not talking about... Uh, childhood behavior. We're actually talking about what the Lord Jesus Christ gave us and what I have been led to teach to the students. And when I think of authority and verses on authority, my mind goes to Luke 10, 19. 
but I think it would be good to just kind of go over what's happening in Luke 10. Jesus sent out 70 people. So that just shows me that for a lot of his ministry, there were more than just the 12 hanging around him. We know there was multitudes, but there was a group close enough to him that tagged along that he felt comfortable with commissioning to go out. And while we're just on the 70 that went out, I think it's really interesting what Jim Hockaday, our previous guest, our last guest that we had on this podcast, had to share about the 70 versus the 12. Do you remember that? That he commissioned the 12 to go out and preach and teach and then lay hands on the sick. He commissioned the 70 to lay hands on the sick and And then then, teach. The difference being is the 12 were somewhat of uh, ministry superstars. They were Jesus's <laughs> closest followers. People knew who they were. Let's just say that. Yeah, that's probably a better way to say it. The 70 were a little less recognized. Yeah. Like, why would I listen to who? you? Who are you? Who are you? I haven't seen you next to Jesus. You weren't laying on Jesus's breast like John was. <laughs> but they were able to operate in the power of God, which gave them some recognition, validity. Maybe we could say validity. And that just encourages us that whenever we're witnessing, whenever mm-hmm. we're going out, God's going to back us up as we step out in faith to show his power. Yeah. What did Brother Hagin say healing was? A dinner bell unto salvation. That little triangle, ding, 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 come and eat of the Lord's goodness. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. When we pray for somebody and they get healed, they're literally tasting of the goodness of God. So he sends the 70 out, gives them some pretty intense instructions. He says, if you go into a house and you're not received, wipe the dust off your feet shake that town off, tell them that it would be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it would be for them. He says he's sending them out as sheep amongst wolves. Uh, Pretty intense. So in verse 17, as they're coming back to Jesus, Luke 10, 17, this is what it says. It says, then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I think that would be a great thing to meditate on. Uh, Sometimes I wonder why he said that. Why Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from yeah. lightning from heaven? I have an idea. Or what, I don't want to throw you off. Where no, you go. I want to hear your idea. That's what well, this Well, it kind of seems like it's just like when someone is talking about something and then you change the subject and make it about you. And you're like, what the? Like, <laughs> so I kind of get that vibe here, but I don't think that's what he's doing. I think he was so excited about their report. He, It's like... Man, that's amazing. Like authority is real. Like I, I even saw, I even saw the Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I'm like, he's giving another story. Like he's, what's the term when like you're validating someone else's story with a story that's kind of similar? You're not trying to one them up. You're not saying like, hey, I walked on the moon. Yeah. When someone's like, I got a story of God's goodness, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Listen to my story. It's like confirmation that it's true because you're also repeating it. Might be what he's doing, but. I'd love to hear your thoughts. My thoughts are that actually, and I don't have my Bible with me opened up to it, but Jesus didn't commission them to cast out demons. So they were coming back with, we did even above what you said we did. We actually cast demons out. And Jesus was trying to tell them, this isn't too amazing of a thing. I actually (laughs) saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. It's supposed to happen, bro. (laughs) Yeah, par for the course, right? (laughs) Uh, but 
I think it's great to have an imagination mm-hmm. and to think of what these things are like. I don't think it detracts from your faith. I think it adds to your faith. I think you can experience God in a greater way. And after reading this and meditating on it, I thought, what a great thing to meditate on. Maybe we should imagine what it was like Satan falling from heaven. Mm. And go ahead, just realize, take a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, just realize the power. You know, it wasn't a big struggle what we read in the Bible. I know a third of the de- yeah. angels went with Satan, became demons, yeah. and fell, but it wasn't a power struggle yeah. in heaven. Yeah, I honestly think it was like an almost like an involuntary reaction, almost like a gag reflex. <laughs> I'm serious, like. Light and darkness can't exist in the same place. And as soon as there was iniquity in heaven, like heaven was like, and just like <laughs> spit them up. Like, I'm serious. Like they can't coexist. So it was like the only option was heaven to spew him out. Right. That's what I think. But as we meditate on this, we start to think that our lives are hidden with Christ in God, that we have heavenly realities in us, that we've been conveyed into the kingdom of his son and in love and of light. So what fellowship does light have with darkness, the darkness inside of us? The first place that authority really should take place over the devil is probably in our sinful actions that we allow to remain inside of us. Mm -hmm. We don't demonstrate authority within ourselves. How can we stretch out our hands with authority to see it externally? So as we meditate on this, we realize, wow, that wasn't a power struggle. It was an involuntary motion (laughs) of throwing up Satan. Obviously, that's our paraphrase. But what does that have to do with my life? But then he goes right into verse 19 and says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he told them that he's going to send them out as sheep amongst wolves. But then he also says, nothing's going to hurt you. Go ahead. I'd say that that was a big deal. There's a lot of stories in the Bible about people being bitten by snakes. Maybe not a lot, a good handful. Because that was a real danger back then. And we think about like modern society with roads and sidewalks and fences and all that kind of stuff. It was very, it was obviously different, but there were some places that they went that there probably weren't roads to yet. So they're literally bushwhacking and hoping that nothing jumps out and gets them. So it was a big deal for him to even say that. If I was one of the disciples, I'd probably be like, Okay, yeah, but like we were, you're calling us to go to this town, and like that road is really sketchy. And, dis- and he's like, listen, even the scorpions, even all, all that crap that you encounter, like you have authority over that stuff. Yeah. And there are some people who have taken that a little too far nowadays. There's like whole groups of people who are like handling snakes and right because they read you'll take ups. Yeah. But it means that they won't hurt you. Yeah. And they really did go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas is noted to go all the way to India. After the Lord commissioned him out. That's, That's a long That's ways nuts. away from Israel, from a yeah. Jewish man going all the way to wow. India. Sore feet. That's all I got to say. And I think this raises another thing. I think we need to read this in context and think about the fact that they were on mission from Christ to bring kingdom realities to the earth. That's what they were doing, the 70 going out. I think as long as we position ourselves with the purpose that Christ gave us, we can claim that same authority. But they were living on purpose with a purpose. When we live on purpose with a purpose, we can claim the same verse. But I think so often we're not being mindful that we're being commissioned every day with the great commission, just like the 70 were. Now, if we live in allegiance to that, 
man, that promise of protection and safety is right there. But that equips us to actually be uh, disciples. Mm -hmm. And actually, before the Great Commission, when you look in Matthew 28, Jesus, Jesus says, Behold, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. And then the very next verse says, Go and make disciples. It's another like, doesn't quite make sense. Why are you saying, behold, all authority has been given to me now on heaven and earth. Now you go. <laughs> because I believe they had picked up his authority is their authority. Mm -hmm. Again, when we live with the purpose of our goal in life is to make Jesus known and bring others into the fold and the family of Christ, we have authority in that purpose that we live in. And a lot of times I'm just thinking, I have authority and I have authority, but I'm not connecting it to my God-given purpose. The ministry, the ministry that we all have. Yes, you are a full-time minister of reconciliation, bringing people back. You have authority to do these things. When was the last time I claimed the fact that I have authority to go and make disciples? I know I've been, I have the responsibility, but I don't always feel that I've been given the authority to, but Jesus made that connection. All right. Yeah. I belabored that point. That was good. Man. But he says in Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you authority over all the power. And I was just thinking that authority is greater than power. And in a very good book, maybe his most well-known book, Brother Hagen, Believer's Authority, he compares this to a traffic cop. Mm-hmm. And a traffic cop does not necessarily always have more power than the vehicle that is standing I in think their way. Probably in, in zero cases, it does. Well, maybe in a foreign country <laughs> when there's someone on a bicycle <laughs> and the traffic cop is very large. And it's Ronnie Coleman. He was a cop. <laughs> there was. you go. He was. Yeah. He was. Ronnie <laughs> Coleman is a bodybuilder, if you don't know that. Uh, he's still alive. God bless him. He, but he needs some healing. Yeah, he does. He does need some healing, he, physical healing. He snapped up his back and his legs. He hurt himself pretty bad. Anyways, <laughs> traffic cop. Traffic cop. That vehicle may have more power, but the traffic cop has more authority. So the yeah. semi hauling the whole load of logs mm -hmm. stops for the one man standing in the middle of the road with his hand extended. Yeah. Why? Because that person has authority. So we can get encouraged because we go like, wow, it doesn't matter what I'm facing. I have the authority of Christ. But I think we have both. Yeah. I actually don't think. I know we have both. We have more authority and more power than the enemy. And that's how we live up to what God's called us to live up to. I'm getting called from everywhere, but I'm not answering this one. I answered the last one. I won't answer this one. When I was thinking about traffic cops, it made me think of my time in Guatemala. So Guatemala is my second favorite country. I love the United States of America, but honestly, I love the beauty of Antigua, Guatemala and the volcanoes that surround it. It's actually called La Tierra de Eterna Primavera, which means the yeah. land of the eternal spring. The climate is pretty much per Perfectly springtime yeah, weather, nice. which we're entering into springtime weather right I'm now, so excited. and it just feels so good. The yeah. rain that we've received recently rain, has been so refreshing, yeah, so half cleansing. Of my yard is like already really green, and the rest is all matted down. And I'm just wondering what happened in there. Well, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> you might want to get a thatcher and thatch that up. I'm we're planning on thatching soon here at the church. But in the year Guatemala. 2017, when I was in Guatemala, I spent six <clears> weeks <throat> living there. And I had a responsibility, and one of the main responsibilities was driving Wilson Ministries' van. They have a white van, manual, and I would travel yeah. teams around in that van. I'd drive it around. Now, Antigua was the original capital of Guatemala 
but it experienced tons of earthquakes, so they ended up moving it to Guatemala City. But the charm of Antigua, Guatemala, is they keep it old-fashioned and old-style, so there's no traffic lights. So at certain spots, they have traffic cops instead of traffic lights. And I remember I came up to the van, and the confidence that these traffic cops, these Guatemalan traffic cops exuded, was just phenomenal. They were (laughs) blowing the whistle. They were moving their arms. You could actually go on YouTube, not specific to... Guatemalan traffic cops, but see how some traffic cops operate. And they operate with a great amount of confidence. Some are comfortable enough to do the thriller dance in the middle of the road (laughs) because they know who they are and they know what they can do. And I remember going home, my temporary home in Guatemala with the Wilsons and saying, hey, if I lived in Guatemala, I know the job I'd want. I'd want to be a traffic cop. Really? That that was their exact response. (laughs) Really? Why? I think it was because I just loved the fact that they had all day, it was just tell other people what to do (laughs) and do it with confidence. And that was attractive. Something about knowing that you have authority, but we don't need to don the neon green vest and the blue outfit to know that we have authority. We have the authority all the time. But I think there are some similarities between a traffic cop and what we experience and how we operate in our authority. And first off, a traffic cop always has an outfit on. Mm-hmm. Always has an outfit on. If I were to walk out there in the middle of Guatemala with what I was wearing, she was like a Puma uh, quarter zip, some <laughs> skinny jeans, and some Toms back in 2017. Get run over. I would probably be uh, told some things in Spanish that I don't understand, and they would probably <laughs> go right around me. Why? Because I didn't represent what a traffic mm-hmm. cop should wear. Spiritually speaking, we have an outfit. And that's mm-hmm. found in Ephesians 6. 10 through 18. What is that? That's the armor of God. And really, I think that is the foundation for spiritual warfare, making sure you have your armor on. How comfortable would we be walking out in the middle of Times Square or wherever trying to direct traffic without having the outfit on? Because we would think we might be in danger. Spiritually speaking, how many days do we go out without a cognizant uh, connection with our Mental capabilities, our spiritual capabilities of what we're wearing spiritually. Have we done? It says put on. Uh, I'll be honest. I've gone a lot of my life without really thinking about the armor of God. Even though I went to Bible school and had to memorize. Didn't have to, Mm -hmm. but for a good grade, uh, part of our challenge was to memorize Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. It's important. It it demonstrates to everyone around us. And I believe our recognition even with demonic spiritual powers they recognize what we're wearing yeah i think a majority of the time not maybe not majority of the time but a lot of christians are going out of the house spiritually naked i've seen that video on instagram have you seen that one no oh that's funny he's like we got a bunch of spiritual streakers out here (laughs) they got their helmet of salvation but that's (laughs) they're running around well because it's like you like we read that we're like yeah i'm putting on the armor of god but it's literally something like you kind of probably have to do like by the minute so like because the the darts the fiery darts keep coming it's not like there's a break and it's like you guys from from noon to three we're good like he doesn't fire any arrows a lot of accusations a lot of whatever you want to, whatever, just it's coming like 24 seven. So just thinking about constantly reminding yourselves of your, your identity, who you are in Christ, the authority that you do have and declaring that over yourself throughout the day. And here's why people shy away from it. It takes work. Um, it's very easy to go on autopilot and just let the day happen to you. And then you get to the end of the day and you're reflecting with your wife. This isn't a personal story, but you get mad. (laughs) And then you're like, 
you think about putting on the armor of God, you're like, man, I, did, I didn't like once today acknowledge the equipment that God's given me to fight these attacks. And I think you subtly or subconsciously kind of yeah. stated, but I don't want anyone to miss it. They might go, well, how do I put on spiritual armor? Uh, there's no straps. There's no Velcro. How do I put it on? <laughs> you, you, well, you first got to know what it is. You got to read it. You got to <laughs> right? get it in your heart. And then you make, you declare it. You speak it over yourself. You think about it. You let that occupy your thoughts. Right. And then you verbally say it. You, yeah. you acknowledge what you have. So what do we have? We have salvation, yeah. helmet, righteousness. Right. We got the belt of truth. Got truth. We got peace. Yeah. We got the peace. word of God. So yeah. it's spirit. Come on. I don't think we're missing anything. No. We already talked Rick about Renner. helmet of salvation. Rick Renner said that there was an assumed one in his book, Dressed to Kill. If you want a phenomenal book. Yeah, that's a great book. About spiritual warfare about the armor of God, get dressed to kill. But he said there was an assumed another piece of armor and that was a javelin. And that was prayer that you send out Ooh. ahead of you because all Roman soldiers had a javelin that they also carried with them. Oh, we, bro, we didn't talk about shield of faith. Oh man. Oh, well, you did. It says, first of all, <laughs> yeah, first taking of all up, take up the keep shield. it out in front. And I did actually want to say something about the shield of faith, not to belabor it, but I think you talked about this last podcast. Thanks for being so vulnerable and so real on this podcast. But you'd mentioned about after your dad's passing, how you would scream in your room. There'd be so, mm -hmm. it was trying to your faith. Yeah, for sure. And I have experienced many moments where I feel like my faith has been shaken. We even say things like that. My faith was shaken. Yeah. I mean, we have a whole generation, our generation, who's uh, breaking down their faith yeah. because their faith is shaken. But my understanding is that shield is made to be shaken. You put the shield up so it gets shaken instead of your you. whole life. Right. And sometimes when we think our faith is shaken, if we take a deep breath, realize that's why we have a shield and your shield can handle it. I uh, just took on a, a fairly barrage. large barrage of boulders from a trebuchet. It's okay. <laughs> but that's what a shield's made for, to take it so you don't have to take it. And you will survive. Your faith will be tested. But as long as you remain in the word of God, it's going to come yeah. out better than it did before. Yeah, don't be a spiritual streaker. Don't be a spiritual streaker. I got that one from Instagram. It's not every day that you get something golden spiritually <laughs> from Instagram, but it happened. All right. So secondly, a traffic cop doesn't only wear the outfit, but they can use words. They can be like, stop, stop. They can, they, hopefully they don't have to revert to have to use their words, but they do. And it made me think of a verse from Jesus exercising his authority in Matthew uh, chapter eight, verse 16. This is when Jesus goes to Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law has a headache and Jesus heals, but not only Peter's mother-in-law, we see that in the Bible, it says here, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but on YouTube, I find a lot of videos of deliverance ministry. You're searching them? No, but oh, they, they, they pop, pop up. up. They pop yeah, up. I have one. One particular. <laughs> Specific and particular. Yeah, he comes up a lot. And he goes. Uh, but, and I'm not accusing what they're doing, but I don't know if we've reached the revelation of authority because I don't see a whole lot of demon deliverance happening with a word. I hear a lot of words and it seems like to be a pretty intense process. Yeah. You got to find out the, their name, family history, your lineage of demon. <laughs> and, just... and it takes a while. I mean, yeah. it can be like, and again, I'm not, I'm not being hard, but I believe that 
Jesus is our example. Not just to live right and to not say cuss words, but also to demonstrate power. I believe that there's something when we realize our authority. He said that many were brought to him that were demon-possessed, and not with words, but with a word he cast out the demon. Jesus demonstrated his authority by what he said, just like a traffic cop can say, halt, stop, turn right. Yeah, I wonder what that word was. Maybe it was a phrase, come out. It was two words. It wasn't a big show. It doesn't seem like, right. does it from what I'm reading? Maybe no. you're reading it differently. No, it doesn't seem like a He cast out the spirit of the word and healed all who were sick, which makes sense. If he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning, uh, it doesn't take more than a word to get his little posse out of somebody. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say this. Might get some flack for it. Go for it. But you've, you've mentioned it too. I don't remember who's, who said this quote, but you can't cast out the flesh. I heard it from Greg Fritz. Yeah. So like... Like the spirit of lust, like that's an act of your flesh and you're stuck with your flesh. You're supposed to crucify it. You can't cast it out. That's like the the scapegoat. That's like the cheap way out. Like, let's just get delivered from that. Um, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Dude. I, I agree. And I think you feel about it. Feel like that a little bit. <laughs> I you, will you probably paint you on the this picture podcast. a little nicer than I do, but. Well, here's the deal. I am going to be a little bit more political with my answer. I'm not running for public office, but I'm going to go here with this. Is our flesh subject to demonic influence? Yes. Absolutely. So ultimately at the root, was our bodies and our physical senses evil before Adam and Eve ate of the fruit? No, it's a result of sin and demonic influence. So- Ultimately, we need to take personal yeah, responsibility. Yeah. That's part of what I think we need to recognize in our authority. If we are going to deliverance ministry, deliverance ministry, deliverance ministry, because we don't feel like we have power over the devil that's right. working in our lives. Listen, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You can eradicate that demonic behavior with you right. and the Holy Spirit. Is it wrong to go say, hey, will you pray with me and agree with this? No, but ultimately, it's our responsibility to crucify right. our own flesh. Yeah. Maybe this paints it good. Good paints it good. <laughs> paint it good. <laughs> oh, I'll paint it good. I'm painting me a Birmingham. All right. Um, like the like you get prayed over something, and that the power of that thing is broken in your life. I de- definitely believe that happens. But I kind of see it as like you're in a jail cell, and the 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 cell now is unlocked. But you have the decision to either stay in the jail cell. Or walk out of it. So there yeah. is that personal responsibility and action. Very well said. Um, of crucifying your flesh. Because we know that you beca- whatever you submit yourself to, you'll become a slave of. So there is there is yes. some validity to like some of these things that maybe an act of the flesh literally having you bound. Let's say this. Again, we're not into dichotomies. Right. Shout out to Marshall Townsley. We don't want to operate in dumb dichotomies. So often we say, this is a spiritual battle. For example, mental health, it's completely spiritual. I'm of the persuasion that it's three parts. It is a spiritual battle. Probably mental. You have, well, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, God hasn't given yeah. us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, sound mind. mind. But it's a spiritual battle. You don't have a spirit of fear. But secondly, your mind probably needs renewed. Yeah. Your soul needs renewed. And third, you probably need to get some sleep and exercise. Mm-hmm. And to walk in full victory, you need to operate in all three. Yeah. Jesus, yes, he was all God, but he was all man. And he did get tired. He did sleep. And there were times where he had to go away and do certain things. Right. He operated spirit, soul, and body. Come on. 
We need victory, spirit, soul, and body, and we can't put it all in one box because we're neglecting yeah. the other two boxes. I couldn't have said it better. Great. Keep so moving on words, with your points. I apologize. He, you can, but also actions. And I just want to say this, words-wise, as I was studying this, often it's that. I remember I was, I was going over Believer's Authority, and I was going to go help at a school with some physical conditioning. And as I got there, man, I, we were running. We were running up C Avenue. You know C Avenue in Newcastle? It's that one that cuts yes. through, goes up by Madeira's Trail. In my stomach just starts hurting. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm supposed to be helping these kids. Am I going to vomit here? And I remember I just felt influenced, like, speak to it. So I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over my stomach. And boom, like that. I just started feeling better. That's how you demonstrate your authority with words. But also actions. We know the traffic cop can extend his arm. He can move his arm. Probably more than anything, he uses his actions. And I saw this in Luke 13, 10 through 13. Again, a story of Jesus. It says, now he, speaking of Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I just heard recently that in the Bible and the miracles that Jesus brought about, the healings that Jesus brought about, 25% were demonically influenced. So a portion of them, again, we have to have a relationship with God to know what we address. Brother Hagen talked about he would be going down a prayer line and praying for people to be healed. And then he would just see by discerning of spirits that there was like a demon wrapped around somebody's head. And the headache they were experiencing was from a demon. It wasn't necessarily healing. So he'd speak to the demon and then their head would be healed. So this woman for 18 years, that's a long time to be bent over. That's a really rough life to live. She had this, and apparently it was a spiritual battle. But he called her to him, he spoke to it, but then he laid hands on her. And we just need to be aware. We need to have a relationship with God that God's going to lead us through the outfit that we wear, through the words that we say, and the actions that we act out to exercise our authority over the enemy, help our life, and help others as well. I was just <laughs> just thinking about some activities that we perform, like, and you're bent over for a really long time, like, Remember when we were when we were working maintenance? I had that big saw. Oh man! Oh my gosh! Oh man! I'm, I was like a was, mason saw. It we was a cutting. massive mason saw. We we're cutting flagstone or what were we? I don't cutting? know. That's red rock around here in Colorado. There's uh, a lot of iron in it yeah. for it to be that red. Yeah. Anyways, you're back. I was like bent over for a few hours, and like I ended up having to be like somebody else got to take over for me. Like I am so done. I like let's think of a lady who's bent over for that many years. It's gonna take more than. Benzocaine. <laughs> Lidocaine. <laughs> What's benzocaine? I feel like that's inside of Orgel, but I don't yeah, know if it I is think or that's not. that's like for... Well, An oral anesthetic? Yeah, yeah. Yep, anyways. Let's go back to operating actions. I was trying to think of an example that I've experienced here, and I've had the opportunity to pray with a lot of people to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. And there's times where... Some people get it right away. They yeah. just start rattling off in their prayer language, and it's it's amazing. Some people have a harder time because they have more of a bent like me. I, I think a lot. And your understanding yeah. is unfruitful, and it can be going crazy. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes just feel led that this person is caught up in their mind. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's influenced by the enemy. Like, what's going on? Are you kidding me? This is a joke. This sounds crazy. People are going to think you sound stupid, even yeah. though everyone around you is probably right. praying in tongues as well. And there's times where I, I, I step away and then I say, I speak to that confusion. I speak to that right there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, that demonic influence is working <laughs> in your life. No, but I speak to the confusion. I speak to what's yeah. being happening in the mental realm, the influence yeah. of the enemy. And then I lay hands on them. And they start praying in tongues right after that. Yeah. Again, it's a teamwork. It's the, it's what you're wearing. It's what you're mm-hmm. saying. It's what you're doing. And in all those ways, just yeah. like a traffic cop, yep. you exercise your authority. Dude, that's such a that's such a lie. Like the fear of man. That's such Oof. a big tactic. And it's so Huge. funny because really people don't care as much as you think <laughs> they care. And I I I experienced that at the daddy daughter dance at Grand Mesa Elementary. So I was like, I'm look like an idiot. And I looked around. I'm like, dude, everyone looks like an idiot. But that we guy don't, looks like an idiot. We don't yes. care. Like, they do not care. They're dancing with their daughters. And as soon as you get over the fear of man, I think life gets instantly 60% better. Don't quote me Absolutely. on that. That's not a, well, I was about to say, that's not an absolute. Oh, Subjectively no. speaking, it gets tremendously better. I think that's probably, if not the most biggest like hindrance to people like fulfilling what God has called them to do is like fear of man. It's fully nuts. agree. Anyways. That's different than saying absolutely, but I fully agree. Is that okay <laughs> I to say? I fully agree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm at a good spot, man. Let's fully do agree with wisdom full agreement. of the day. Um, My wisdom of the day. Um, I'm, I'm looking over the notes here. Um, I, I should, you're really good at taking notes. Like when, when there's a point that you're like, mm, I want to hit on that later, you write it down and I appreciate Normally that. Normally just put it in yellow. Oh, I did not write it down. Oh, so I'm trying you're to- saying when you're leading a podcast, yeah, I take notes. Or a guest, you're yeah, taking notes. I'm just like, I'll remember that, which Let is a mistake in. I make every day in a staff meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Mark, are you listening to the podcast? Oh, I'm getting better at writing things down. Let me just say this, being a traffic cop. Mm-hmm. And hey, you can make an analogy this way. What things are you allowing in your life? The amount of things you're like, how did that get in my heart? Well, you probably didn't stop entrance and take your authority from the enemy getting in there. We need to actually be a traffic cop to what gets in our heart. Yep. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. Yeah. For out of it flow all the issues of life. There's some demonic influence inside your heart. Some things of the enemy inside there. You can say stop. You can say no. You can yep. exercise your authority in the way you act. Yeah. Put on the armor of God. It's just that. It's being a traffic yeah. cop. And thinking in the natural, it makes complete sense. They mm-hmm. wear it, they say it, and they act a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk in the same authority to a greater degree, spiritually, yeah. Yeah, by yeah. what I wear, by what I say, and by what I do. Amen. Oh, I, we made uh, light of it earlier, but not spiritually streaking. Um, yeah. I, I like that because um, it's something that we can read and we pass over. So, yep, yeah, I I've, I am equipped in the armor of God. And we almost think that we get a free pass just because we're saved, right? You go out with the helmet of salvation That's thinking it. that you have everything else on. But it's like an active thing that you got to do. Like, think about getting up in the morning and even just getting ready for work. You got to put your underwear on and your pants and your socks and all, all of that. And, like, that is a physical thing that we have to do. Each day spiritually, we should probably be Going through the checklist. Do I got this? Do I got this? Do I got this? Am I not that you're being prepared out of fear? Like, oh gosh, what's the enemy going to bring? I better double up on, you know, the breastplate here. (laughs) But just being aware, like I am not leaving this house unequipped and unarmed. That's really good, man. 
It's interesting how you brought up spiritual streaking. Uh, before I actually taught this teaching, I teach it on Sunday night. That Sunday morning, somebody walked up to me at church and said, hey, John, everything's going to be okay. Just keep your spiritual armor on. No. And they didn't even, they had no idea. They had no idea that I was teaching that night. So it was confirmation. Spirit. So yeah. thank you for your wisdom. That was great wisdom. Hopefully wisdom. I can it's operate out of the wisdom that I got from God. Yeah. He gets the glory, but also that yeah. wisdom that you shared because well, it was I really need, good. I need to operate in it because I think I am spiritually streaking as we speak. Okay. Well, why so. don't you go in the other room? I'm going to pray us out of this podcast and then get back in by the end to send them out of this podcast. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word that tells us that we have authority that your son gave us. I thank you that your church is taking responsibility. Uh, sober thought, but something that you've given us the equipment to walk out. Yeah spiritual armor and the words and the actions to act out to bring your kingdom to come and also to walk in freedom and to help others walk in freedom. Father God, I thank you that your church is rising up in authority in these last days to be the glorious body that you paid for. Uh, we call it so, and we pray that we would walk and actually act out what we heard today and what we discussed today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Um, you got that, your armor on now. I got my armor on. It's, it feels good. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's all. Um, as I would say in middle school, I'll catch you on the flip, the flip side. However you want to take that. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see you next time.